Had I known it required this much thinking and coordination and balance and flexibility and, you know, the, like all the, the things you think of when you think of martial arts, I would not have started. Mm. I thought it was about being tough. But it to is, yeah, it, it, it is about discipline, integrity, honor, like, you know, it controlled fury, being furious in that moment and then turning off when the moments passed. Yeah. You know, so it's really, it's, it's a lot of things. Welcome to A Better Life with Brandon Turner. That is me, where world-class guests share their wisdom on building a better life. Join me as we explore the habits, the actions, and the beliefs that have guided their journey with the aim of helping you apply those lessons to your own. We Forrest Griffin. What's up, man? Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. That was for, weird. For coming. Yeah, yeah I was thank say. you for coming. Thank <laughs> you for say, having yeah, me in, in my your... <laughs> room. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, that was, that was... Normally, I host this thing. Well, okay, now lately I've been hosting it on the road, but... No, it's better that way. It's much better. I like going to people's places. No, we just go on a tour of yeah, like the like, training facility. What's going on here? It's cool stuff. This There's is cool stuff. Professional athletes doing professional athlete yeah, things. I Spiders by, fighting. Yeah. I, I was too scared to say anything, but the woman who just you know beat the snot out of the other woman the other night. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Denise. Oh, jeez. Seconds. Yeah, it was. She insane. was an underdog in that too. Really? Yeah, I know yeah. both of them pretty well. So yeah, it's, yeah it's, it was legit. It's hard. It's hard to watch. I mean, it's yeah. you know, it is the ultimate meritocracy, if you will. <laughs> I love the sport, right? Yeah. All right, man. Well, okay. So I know you. I'm going to give a, a quick little bio. I know you as a UFC Hall of Famer, right? Okay. You beat up a lot of people. And vice versa. But you Okay. Know. You got beat up a few times. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, just all around uh, kind of a badass dude. But taking back before that. Take me back to an earlier spot. Who were you before all this? Well, it turns out it was a sperm. In my okay, pocket. we're gonna so, start there. Right there. That, uh, you sure you weren't the egg? And then I hit some fallopian tubes. <laughs> Maybe I was both. I don't. Maybe. Technically, I was both. I guess. You, technically, we were both. all both. Uh, both. Yeah. We were all two people. Yeah, we were. That's wow. That's a, that's that's a deep, 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 right. deep. We didn't need to go there, but okay. <laughs> no, uh, you know, pretty standard childhood. Big stories. I found out uh, when I was nineteen. I think in nineteen ninety something because I'm old, uh, that I was not good enough to play college football at mm. the University of Georgia. And I was like, man, I need a sport. I need something to do. And around this time, I saw some ultimate fighting. And I said, man, that looks fine. I'll bet I could do that. And I'd been in a fair amount of fights because I played basketball really unnecessarily hard. So I got in a lot of fights growing up. I mean, not, you know, a fair amount. I was always like the bigger kid, too. So they're like, well, force the fight. Him. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Put him in. You know, I'm not actually good at fighting. I just kind of <laughs> big. Uh Anyway, so uh, I did it, and I got whooped on, and I said, all right. And I got addicted that day. Mm. It's like, this is it. I was a huge basketball, football fan. I quit all those silly sports with the ball and the stick and the line of scrimmage. And what are these rules? Yeah. These are weird rules. Yeah. And you gotta, you can throw the ball this way, but this way, but you can, it's called football, but you, for the most part, just your hands, but then your feet. I was like, no, man, come on. Mm. You got to dribble every three steps. And sometimes, if you're a superstar, you get five steps. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, these, these are so <laughs> arbitrary. Looking, yeah. Let's just fight. Yeah. And, and what do people do when they get serious? They fight. Yeah. NBA, NFL. You know. So I was like, right. yeah, just jump is... right to the right to the good stuff. Yeah, it's like the, the core. Right? Skip that's... all that foreplay. Yeah, I was gonna say everything else just kind of feels like it's uh, it's playing. It's a way to yeah. compete. It is. You're yeah. playing a game, but you're when you're fighting, you're fighting. Yeah. So you just make it as safe as it's meant to be, and it is the epitome of human competition. That it is the first sport yeah dude 
Yeah, there's this, the thought, I was at the, the fight the other night, the UFC fight, right, at Timo Arena, and I was explaining to people ahead of time that this is what it's like, because like they'd never, uh, people I was with had never been there, yeah. and I said, it's like the Roman gladiator thing, like when you're there, like I understand why they would watch gladiators kill each other, or at uh, least attempt Yeah, to. it's intense. There's yeah. something in our soul that like well, needs to see somebody hurt somebody else. I believe Mr. Dana White says, it's in our DNA, and we get it. Mm, it's in our Fighting DNA. Fighting is in our DNA. Yeah. It it's, is. It's the epitome of human competition. Think it about is. it that way. Do you ever hear about the thousand lions that they put into the arena one time? Nope. Have you ever heard about this? They put a thousand men and a thousand lions into a, the, I think, the Roman Colosseum yeah. and had them fight to the death to see which one would last. True story. Well, who, who, who made it? I have no idea. All right. I have no idea. What a, what a terrible idea to like, that story. Uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> my, my guess leave is. Leave me hanging much. Yeah, okay. my guess is. I heard it was a true story. My guess is, though, it's one of those. Uh, there was probably like three lions and like two dudes. And yeah. then it just over years gets bigger and bigger. It's like, yeah. you know, the fish I caught was this big. Yeah. yeah it's probably one of those ones. Okay. So why do people, why do people want to watch each other beat up each other? What part of our DNA says that? No, I mean, uh, well, that was Dan that said that, but no, it is the epitome of human competition. You see another dude on the street, there's any altercation of any kind, you bump into somebody, it's like, who? you size somebody up. Mm-hmm. You know, if this was a fight, who would win this fight? Who's got more money? Who's got better game with women? Who's got whatever? You know, that's these are the kind of things you think when you're uh, a young man yeah. or a woman, you know, it's like. And that is, uh, that's kind of where, for me, it stems from. For, I was not a martial artist. Let me, let me jump on a different train and say it's a martial art. This is, had I known it required this much thinking and coordination and balance and flexibility and, you know, the, like all the, the things you think of when you think of martial arts, I would not have started. Mm. I thought it was about being tough, but it is, yeah, it it is about discipline, integrity, honor, like, you know, it controlled fury, being mm. furious in that moment and then turning off when the moments passed. Yeah. You know, so it's really, it's, it's a lot of things, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's the epitome of a lot of things. I was a competition, but also it is the most open sport. What do I mean by that? Open sport. I mean, there are new ways to win that people have never done before. Still happening this year. Yeah. New submissions being created that I was like, oh, we didn't, I was a black belt and yeah. We'd never did that. I'd never seen that before. You're just inventing moves. I quit. I'm out. You know, it's like I, that. Like people doing techniques. I was told, like, don't do that. That's your. And now people are just executing those flawlessly. Like, yeah, year. Mm. You know, you take. You yeah. have to be special to do that sort of yeah. stuff. And then you think about Volkanovski. You know, just the everything he represents. What a great human being. Yeah. Right. You know, just like bottom line. I mean, yeah, year too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, and I mean, it's complex. It's chest. Uh, you can only get so far if it's all fury and rage. Can you explain that? I mean, I want to get back to your story in a second, but first, you mentioned it's chess. So when yeah. I got into jiu-jitsu a couple of years ago, that's what somebody explained to me. They said it's like a playing game of chess, but with your body and yeah. somebody else. And that's exactly what I found that it is. And it's like 3D chess, really yeah. fast or yeah. really slow. And then it's like every opponent you play against has a completely different game. It's like, but wait, rooks aren't supposed to go that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, but wait. <laughs> I've never seen, he, well, he's submitting me. I'm cross-eyed top and he's submitting me. How yeah. is this happening, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, again, it's it's just, it's even hard to explain in that manner because if you're not familiar with the sport and you, you don't really understand what's going on, and that's why I'm glad a guy like you has trained a little bit because only if you train a little bit can you really appreciate what's happening. Mm-hmm. If you've never trained MMA or yep. jiu-jitsu or, or anything, you don't realize what they're doing. It's like, I have an appreciation for the NBA and the NFL just from playing in high school. Yep. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, those guys are just 
amazing. Yeah, I watched a few fights on TV and, you know, couldn't tell you anything. I had no idea what was going on ever. But then I started training, did a year of like private instruction. And and now I can watch a fight and be like, you know, leaning over like, oh, that's a rear naked choke. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's in trouble. You're impressed, you know? You're like, guys come in, you're like, oh, he's locked in, body triangle. Yeah, He's got the leg ripped. He's got, how do you get out of that? You know, it's like Brandon Moreno. Nope, he's out. Yeah, not that I want to fill this entire show with a bunch of business analogies, but I love that concept of the analogy of like, first of all, we mentioned about it's being invented all the time, right? So like right. you could go open up a McDonald's and you do the exact same thing everyone else has done. You're already playing chess. And then you just wait rules. around till the McRib comes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you make a ton of money on the McRib. Or, you pull it away. Yeah. Scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. That's why they do that, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I never thought of that. I just assume they ran out of McRibs. Create, which, create the illusion of demand, ooh, scarcity. That's exactly what they do. But just that idea of you reinvent it entirely. Like, I'm like, I've never done this before. I'm going to, yeah. we have a dog walking business for three legged dogs. Like, that's a cool business idea. Let's try it. And then it, it probably won't work, but it's fun to experiment. It. And once in a while, something does work. Yeah. So here's the thing it's happening all around the world. Mm-hmm. Like, so people are doing it different in Brazil and they're making it in the States and then there's a melting pot and, and then in China, Asia. So, you know, people are developing the sport in different places at yeah. different times. And something we don't realize about sport, when people talk about, you know, if you'd had this or that the other day, if I'd have had this place, would I have been better? Of course I would have been better. Good thing, nobody else had this place either. Nobody yeah. else knew really what we were doing. Nobody yeah. else had it figured out either. So. You know, it doesn't matter that I didn't have this place. But what we really didn't have was YouTube. That sounds mm-hmm. stupid. Social media or the velocity of the technique, as in there's a billion fights now, right? Yeah. There's always a fight. There's 44 UFC events, numbered UFC events. So there's, a you know, outside of that, right? So what's happening is more things are being done in the sport. So it's just changing faster and faster. And all that's captured digitally. So now I can go online and I can see a move that a guy did in India and say, okay, and now I'm going to practice that at my gym. People don't realize, like, I used to go pay a hundred bucks that I didn't have to go in a dark room and learn some secrets and no cameras or pictures were, were allowed. And we would just have to take notes and hope that we understood what the hell we were talking about later, you know? Yeah. And now it's like, you, there's no point. In fact, if you're a fighter, you want to be the first one to do the technique and kind of own it and be like first. Or if you're a trainer, you just say, all right, this is something cool I'm doing. And you just shoot the content and you just post it or post one of your athletes doing it and say, look what I showed them. Because there's no point in trying to keep it secret. Yeah. That boat has sailed. Right. Yeah. yeah. We call it the, uh, oftentimes the democratization of information, mm-hmm. right? Like information just... Like in the world of yeah. Wikipedia today, it's like there are no secrets Wikipedia, anymore. Yeah. you old man. It's all chat GBT. <laughs> this is true. In the world of chat GBT who steals everything from Wikipedia, it's, yeah, there's nothing hidden anymore. Uh, in fact, you know, bigger pockets, the kind of the world that I kind of grew up in real estate wise, right? Like that was the first like main, like, hey, what if we just gave away all the information for free? Yeah, and yeah. that was as Wikipedia and as the other ones mm. were coming up. And that's why it grew so rapidly. And that's you, why you kind of beat yeah. it to that where yes. it's like, all right, you got to go to a seminar and you got to pay 600 bucks. Yeah, that's bucks. what it used to be, yep. And you're going to get four two-hour blocks. And, yep. you're, you're two, you and know, they're going to sell you on some $20,000 program to sell you on the $100,000 program. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, we're only going to teach you this little thing in a dark room. And you know, like right. you have to take notes. And now on. it's like, well, people went to those. Yeah. They took the notes. Yeah. And now they're going to put their notes yes. online. Yes. And they're going to so. do it. And it's a kind of a race to the bottom in terms of price. So if one guy yeah. can teach you the technique or the skill or whatever it is for a thousand dollars. And you guys said, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll teach you yeah. for free. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All you got to do yep. is listen to a couple ads. And that's exactly what it is. And that's the world we live in today, isn't it? Yeah. Weird. So 
Yeah, it, it's good. Good way to look at it. It's happened everywhere. Yeah, wild. All right, it, so, yeah, it's changed the way the sports evolved. Yeah, well, I want to I want to go to your to your story. Before we do, one thing that we always do on the show is we have you know we have ads like every show. Okay. Uh, but this one's a little different because we actually donate hundred percent of all the ad revenue to a charity of the guests okay. choosing. So, is there a charity mission or yeah. cause that you are passionate Three about? Three Square Food Bank of Southern Three Nevada. Square yeah. Square Food Bank. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, well. I was a board member, but I didn't have time, so I recently pulled myself off of it. It has been around since, I want to say, 2007. It is the uh, number one donator of food in Southern Nevada. Well, in all of Nevada, actually, but it's based out of here. It works around, obviously, Vegas, the surrounding counties. And they they reclaim a lot of food. Obviously, they hit donations. They reclaim a lot of food, and they get it distributed, you know, locally. Now, there are, yeah, not so, like, within a couple hours, but... It was actually the Hilton, I think one of the Hilton guy that, that donated the initial money so that they owned everything, so they had no bills. So they're actually at like a 92 to 93 cents on the dollar, goes directly to, and that's because uh, Mr. Hilton, yeah. whichever one, donated all the money initially, so they don't have that monthly outflow of yeah. rent and stuff. So That's legit. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge believer, and this is not something I, you know, we need to spend a lot of time on, but this idea of like capitalism field charity like majority of the world yeah, operates yeah. on charity right we're effective 80%. altruism right? yeah, yeah yeah it's like how can you use and then how do we get really smart entrepreneurs like people that actually know how to like make money out of thin air yeah. how do you get them leading well, uh charities you know, hey, and organizations you know, the the ceo of, of three square makes good money yeah you know they make a competitive wage and you yep. say well why does that yeah yeah it's a charity why does they're still a CEO. Yep. They're still, you know, going to bed at 10 o'clock at night, responding to emails on their yeah. phone, getting up, you know, and if you want the talent, you have to pay that money. And that that's here too. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, you have to pay people if you want the best people, yeah. you know, we have a little bit of an advantage here in that people love fighting and people love working for the UFC and the sure. brand. And the, so, you know, yeah, we, we can get the best talent, but you still, you still have to pay these people. Yeah, that's so true. Well, with that said, let's cue the ad. Hey, let me tell you this crazy story that happened once to me that completely transformed my life. So we were running the Bigger Pockets podcast for years, struggling, having difficulties, and like had no systems, no processes, didn't really know what we were doing for years at the beginning. And then at one point I got frustrated and I threw my hands up and I said to my friend who was helping me run it, uh, one of the members over at Bigger Pockets, I said, we just need somebody from like NPR to come in and just clean up this whole thing and make this show amazing. And she laughed and said, we're never gonna get somebody from NPR, we're Bigger Pockets, we're not gonna get that. Later that day I get an email, the subject line literally says, I was a producer from NPR looking to help bigger pockets grow. Completely blew my mind. We hired this guy, Kevin. He transformed the podcast, made it this incredible show that it is. And then when I launched A Better Life with Brandon Turner, guess who I called right away? Kevin. I'm like, Kevin, make this show awesome. And he has helped in so many ways. He's a consultant. He helps with the editing. He helps with figuring out what the show's going to be about. And he wants to help you too. That's right. He's now consulting for other people. So if you want to check him out, go to podcastpointman.com. Podcastpointman.com. He's got some free resources there, like some training, a quiz to help you kind of figure out where you're going and what you're going to do with your podcast. And he's awesome. So check it out. Podcastpointman.com. Back to the show. All right, man. Let's go back to your story. So okay. you you started fighting, started punching started people, fighting, getting yeah. beat up. It was great. Uh, were you in? Did you like go take karate or jujitsu or something? No, or no, no. I was a real athlete. Stuff? I just beat those kids up. 
Okay. I just beat those guys. I yeah, beat, I beat up a lot fight? of guys that, uh, well, I just saw some guys in a room that were fighting and um, I said, I could do that. Okay. So I, I went and I joined the college club wrestling team. I uh, never wrestled a day in my life, but I lied and said I knew. And I just happened to be a heavyweight and they didn't have anybody in the Greco, so they threw me there. I showed up. Like I went and boxed two days a week. I did, found some guys who were doing jujitsu and we would just go around and train everywhere all week. And then I was like, man, you know, I'm training too much. So I ended up quitting my job. So I could be a professional cage fighter. What was your job? Uh, I was a police officer at the time. Oh no way! Yeah, and oh, that's a funny story too. The f- one of the first times I ever saw jujitsu, or I'd already been doing it, and then I saw it again from a guy named Merrill Tyson, who was our defensive tactics instructor. Which that's what I thought my retirement job would be was jujitsu, the Gracie grapple system. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? And I, I already had a head out, like I already knew, I'd already been doing it, so it was just like magic, you know? Yeah. It was like. You know, I, in the late 90s, early 2000s, like knowing some basic wrestling, arm drag, pummeling, rear naked choke, it was like having a superpower. Yeah. It was like, I was just like a ninja. People were, oh my God, you're a ninja. You know, <laughs> people would throw an overhand right, I would catch, I would wizard, I'd pull them through, rear naked choke, set them down onto the next one. Well, I've heard that story, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, this is just a myth, but when Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was kind of brought into fighting, just yeah. nationwide or worldwide, it just took it by storm, they've said, because they, people weren't expecting well, that stuff. I mean, that's UFC 1. 1993 UFC one Hoist Gracie. I think you won the first couple of UFCs. So yeah, yeah, it's not a myth. It, why, it why is that? What, it's what it's sets documented that apart? Yeah. <laughs> as part good. of the UFC's history. <laughs> what sets uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? First of all, what is Jiu-Jitsu versus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Is there a difference? In- uh, well, yeah, it started as actually Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, and ah, I just read the the name of of the guy that brought it. But then there was some. There's actually you know a lot of migration between yeah. Japan and Brazil, and some Brazilian guys brought it back and. Boom, became no, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and they added to it and made it better. And there's a great book, uh, Breathe, Breathe, by uh, Hicks and Gracie, who is, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. he's like 200 and 0 or something ridiculous in his fighting and grappling career. And it's, it's just an amazing book and it kind of outlines where it came from and, and how it came and the crazy stuff they did and all the, you know, the fad diets and the ice and the cold. And do me a favor, watch, just go on YouTube and watch Choke for me. Choke. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. I, I had another friend tell me the same thing. If you've never seen that, then I mean your life is incomplete. I mean that is the key <laughs> to having. You want a better life? Watch, Watch choke. Choke. Boom. Okay. Done. Okay. So I, we can we can leave now. <laughs> we can, actually, We're, it's, it's good. A good show. Thanks, guys. Wrapping it up. All right. Uh, that's great. I'm gonna watch it. I'll I'll let you know when I do. I once actually. Yeah, last time I said that on an interview, uh, I told uh, Jocko Willing. You know Jocko, yeah. right? So I told Jocko I interviewed him, and he was uh, we we're talking about jujitsu a little bit. And I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do jujitsu." And he goes, "When?" And I was like, "Soon." He's like, "What day?" And I'm like, "Monday." So I ended up showing up he's on, like, uh, on Monday. What are you doing today? Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Right text now." Me. Yeah, <laughs> text me when you've done it. I'm like, "Okay, I will." So anyway, I got uh, that's how it all started. And there's yeah. a much longer story I've told on the show before, so I'm not going to tell it again now. But it was the most embarrassing several tries at a time to get into jujitsu. Oh yeah, it was no, just like go sit on the bench and don't talk to anybody. And yeah, no, I was look when I started, I was like 230 pounds of athlete, mm. and um. I just got smoked. Yeah. And I didn't understand how I was so tired. I could run a six-minute mile. I could dunk a basketball. I could lift a lot of weight, you yeah. know, and I was just getting smoked. I didn't understand. Why were you getting tired? Uh, you tur- learn? Turns out it's so hard. It's so hard. 
it's so hard. It's actually so hard. work. It's using all of your muscles at the same time in different ways. <laughs> you use all of your energy systems. It's mm. just insane. You explode, relax, explode. You don't know what to do. Mm. So, you know, th- then there's the mental component. And, you know, if we want to translate it to life skills, it's knowing when to be in a rush and knowing when to be cool. You know, knowing when to, and I mentioned this, it's like controlled fury. It's yep. knowing when to explode and knowing when to recover. And being able to dictate when those times happen is a big thing. If you watch a guy like Anderson Silva, he dictated when the fight was fast and when the fight was slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a uh, a buddy of mine, Jerry, who taught me a lot of jujitsu. Uh, he was like my private instructor yeah. for a year. He always says jujitsu is just energy management. Is what he always say to me. He's like, mm-hmm. you just gotta know when to use your energy and when not to, and yeah. get comfortable in being uncomfortable. Yep, you're comfortable being uncomfortable, and that's a, kind of the great thing about it. And then. You know, to continue with Jerry's theory, the other thing is like, know when your opponent's not ready. Yeah, yeah. For that, or when they haven't managed their energy, yeah. like, okay, he's not ready to explode. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's awesome, man. You gotta be a shark in the water, man. Sense that weakness, you gotta get him. <laughs> I love it. All right, so you were a cop. I want to know how did you? Okay, being a police officer, you have a solid income. You have money coming in. It's well, it was fair- Georgia, so it wasn't very okay. good. <laughs> There's some income coming in, yeah. but you leave a secure, you know what's coming, you have the next 50 years of your life planned out to go fight for a living, which probably less than 1% of 1% actually make a living at it. Right. And this was, you know, early in days. So I ended up, my first fight, or like second or third, I don't know, I destroyed my shoulder. Mm. I was still in college. So I had that free college surgery, which turned out to be worth everything I paid for it. (laughs) Yep. Not great. Never been the same since. And uh, I got to get a shoulder replaced later. But, um, Later today, that's what yeah, I'm okay. exactly. <laughs> no. I can help with that. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, fast forward, broke the shoulder, I shattered my hand, uh, two spiral fractures, no insurance. So I do what everybody does when you have a major injury. Uh, I commit a felony. Yeah, okay, there you go. I take out uh, student loans, withdraw from all my classes and buy myself a new hand. Wow. So, you know, free medical coverage in the United States or indigent care isn't what you think it is, mm. okay? They'll cast you for free and send you home like indigent care, but they will not do surgery on you unless it's life-saving. Mm. So if you're going to be like, you know, anyway, I ended up uh, broken, broken on a mattress on my uh, coach's living room floor. And I said, man, I've made some bad life choices, you know, and then I broke my arm. I talked to the guy in the UFC and he gave me some great advice. Don't lose. All right. But I still had to fight. I was going to fight in the UFC in February, but I had to win a fight in December because I need money. And um, I broke my arm in that fight. And it was an alpha non-union joint and it required a, a plate. But I couldn't get the plate, although they did have a very cool doctor who like tried to almost like cast it like as if you were like building braces, like he tried to cast it and then I'd come in and he would recast it and recast it, like try to get in place. So I gave up two years of living on a couch. Uh, I had worked through my little, I had to look a little police retirement. I was gone. I didn't have a car, didn't have any money, blah, blah, blah. I'm not smart enough to figure out how to get on food stamps. It's hard. That's why people don't get off is because it's so hard to get on. But, um, you know, I was like, all right. But if I hadn't broken my arm, I don't know that I ever would have finished college. Really? The hand and the arm, two separate injuries, two years apart. But I was, you know, I was grinding out there, hundreds of dollars a pop, um, not paying taxes at all. You know, it's below that. I didn't, yeah, who wants to pay taxes? Yeah, I didn't, well, I didn't make enough for them to bother. So <laughs> I got away with it. That was like 20 years ago. Um, and so I was like, all right, I give up. And then, um, you know, it was, it was a little heartbroken, right? I had my dream. I was going to fight in February. It's December. I finally got like an application with a job police force that didn't have a polygraph or like a sanity test, whatever, you know, profiling index. So I kept passing, I kept failing them. 
Like I kept failing. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd give the same answers as a polygraph, fail one, pass one. I failed the psychological exam. I was just like, cause I didn't think shapes were the right or something. So I was like struggling. And, um, you know, I ended up going to Columbia, or Richmond County Sheriff's friend of a friend hooked me up and, uh, I got like a thing and I got in and, uh, I ended up cutting my cast off that day to do the physical. Wow. I was pretty badass. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, f- I felt tough doing it. What'd you cut it off with? Uh, just like, uh, work scissors. Really? Yeah. He wasn't like a grinder. Or no, like no, just scissors, scissors. And it was like all sweaty and gross anyway. So, and then I did the thing. And so fast forward to like October later that year. I got a call out of the blue and said, hey, do you want to be a replacement on The Ultimate Fighter season one? I was the last minute replacement. I had 17 days for the start of it if I wanted to do it. I didn't apply for it. I didn't know about it. How'd they know about you? Because they'd talked to me a year before for potentially fighting. Mm. And when they fell out, they went back to the matchmakers and said, hey, do you got anybody? And so I got this one guy I was looking at last year. I don't know what happened to him. And, you know, and that was you. And, and that was me. And then, uh, so I'd only been working like 10 months or 10 and a half months, something like that. And you had to be there for a year to be eligible for rehire. And you had to give them more than, you had to give them like 20 days notice. And I only had like 15 or yeah. something. So I was like, okay, so if I leave, I can never come back. So my little story is, um, I say, all right, better to regret the choices you make than the choices you fail to make right so i go to the airport in atlanta i'm sitting there and i say oh shit what have i done and i call my lieutenant and i say hey man because i was working right up until yeah like i departed and i said hey can you like take my little resignation letter out and can i come back on monday and just like pretend this didn't happen and get reissued my stuff and he was like yeah i think we can see what we did i was like all right hold on so i called the producer a guy named amit who i still thank for changing my life and, um, you know, I'm talking to him and he's like, hold on. And they're hurting now because they need 16 people. Yep. They've got 15. They're like, we're counting on this guy. The show starts in yep. like a week or no, shows are like four days at this point. So he gets me on the phone with Dana White. This is 2004. I can't hear a thing he's saying. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure he gave the best, most motivational speech ever <laughs> given. Unfortunately, I didn't hear a word of it. But yeah. So anyway, I got on the plane. I came out here. I won the show. That was cool, right? It was a great fight. I won. And that was the moment my life changed forever. And I was like, oh, I'm a professional fighter now. I don't have to like yeah, do whatever. You yeah. don't have to be a cop anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I did pull all my cool cop gear in a storage unit in Augusta. And I... You didn't get paid till the show aired. And then there was like a couple month lag between like when we left and when we actually started getting paid or like a month even. And I didn't pay the storage unit. So I lost all my stuff. Oh, and then yeah. I would always, I would always look for my stuff on storage wars. Yeah. It's like, think I want Augusta, Georgia. That'd yeah. be my stuff. Mm, yeah. Maybe it'd be worth it. I'd like a hundred dollar flashlight in there. Yeah. You know, all your charge. I don't think I actually put the flashlight in there, but like handcuffs, my charger, like my GI Joe toys from when I was a kid, like oh, everything. All gone. Yeah. No. But yeah. but that's so cool though, because like you didn't need that stuff, man. Because yeah, I know I just moved out here. That's when you came uh, to Vegas. Uh, I, I started coming out here. Randy Couture asked me to help him train for a fight, mm-hmm. and like when a legend like that is like, yeah, you, okay. you know, you're just taking it back. Because I wasn't even on his team, and he's like, yeah, you know, good thing you want to come train with us. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I'd like to train with a legend. And and I had some friends out here, and I was just uh, living on their living room floor. I think I was pitching like 400 bucks a month in for rent all in. And I liked it, right? I'm living on a living room floor under a dining room table, nothing in my name. How old were you then? 25, 26. Yeah. 
So like no wife, no kids. No, no, no wife, no kid, no girlfriend, no responsibilities. That's the time you can do that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I lived on a couch for a while. That was a, it's a good part of the story. No, I mean, and, and I tell people when they're going through it, like, man, you know, I look back and I'm like, I wish it had been worse. Yeah. I wish it had been worse. You know, like it wasn't that bad. Like I made it. Like this is your backstory. You know, that's like your hero evolution story. The harder it is, the more you're going to appreciate it when it's not so hard. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I'm glad I was too stupid to get on food stamps. Yeah. <laughs> so walk me through. You you win the show. That's not the uh, world championship. No, that no. That's just the ultimate fighter season one. Yep. So then you that, become an actual fighter. Yeah. That got me a contract. Yep. So I got like 10 grand for that fight. And then I had like guaranteed fights. Okay. And then how did you become a, was it world champion the name or is that why you would call it? I know you were no, heavyweight. Yeah, world champ. Light heavyweight, world champ. Light heavyweight. Yeah. Do you still have the belt? I do, of course. Really? Yeah. Okay. Jeez, I'm going to do with that. I mean, well, I don't know if you like when somebody takes your place or beats yeah, you, do you have yeah. to give it no, to them? No, they get their own. They get okay. their own. It's not a linear belt like yeah. that. Yeah. I always thought they just like, you, you lost it. And it was like, oh, I used to have that. Yeah. It's got my blood on it. That'd be, that'd be cool though. Yeah, it's like the Stanley Cup, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that what they do that? That's right. the Stanley Cup. Oh, I did not yeah. know that was a movable cup. All right. It's only Lord Stanley's Cup. There's yeah. only one. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at them like, any hockey fans? Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Lord yeah. Stanley's Cup, anybody? Yeah. Okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so no. All right. So how did that, tell me about that fight. And people often say, if I'm getting the fights correct, that that was a fight that they say saved the UFC. So that was me and Stefan's fight at the end of season one of The Ultimate Fighter. Okay. And what, what happened there is it had been a kind of successful first season on Spike. The UFC had actually purchased the time. So they'd purchased the airtime. They were $40 million in the hole on the UFC at that time. The last 10 of that million of that being to purchase the airtime. Yeah. So they had no sponsors. So that's why it was like jokingly like UFC water and like nobody even wanted to be a part of it. Right. And so during that fight, they were like, oh, this is awesome. The crowd got into it. It ended up selling out. You know, our man was there. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, from there, they actually did, after that fight, they did a season, they did the deal to do a season two, because they were like up in the air about it, because it was almost successful, but not, you know, super successful. From right there, there was such an uptick in viewership during that fight, they did the deal for a second season, like where the trucks are, you know? Yeah. And that made you a legend. Yeah. A uh, legend. That was it. Yeah. That was my big moment, and it was all downhill from there. And <laughs> Now, here I am. How would you define your fighting style? Do you have a, a style, a name? Like no, you- no. I was a very, you know, I ironically called myself a mixed martial artist because okay. I did a mixture of martial arts. Okay. What do you like the best? Do uh, you have a favorite that you generally go into? No, I like winning. You like winning? I like winning. I like fighting wherever my opponent is worse. Oh, yeah, I'm not trying to be all that. You know, they're like, who do you want to fight? It's like, I don't know, preferably somebody that's like severely injured, <laughs> not really into it, you know, didn't train, you know, let me, let me fight that guy. Yeah. How real is... As real as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> that's the old tagline. Okay. So when you look at like wrestling, right? Like, like yes. regular wrestling, right? Though... Are we talking about collegiate we're, wrestling? No, we're talking like uh, uh, WWE yeah, wrestling. Yeah, pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about that. Most people assume that the majority of it is entertainment and show. Yeah, it is. All of it is entertainment show. However, my manager used to manage those guys. That is hell on your body, man. Those guys travel coach two or three times a week. They got to stay big on the road. And they're all like 230, 240, flying coach. Boom, boom. Performing two to three times a week. And it's it's like the UFC. There's no off season, you know, like you don't really get to like, oh, I'm going to take three months off. You know, you take three months off, but you're not working and you're not like, and when you're taking that time off, somebody else is scooting in your spot, buddy. So it's a grind. And those guys are beat up. But UFC, 
when somebody's on stage and they're like, oh, who do you want to fight next? They're like, this guy, I'm coming for you. You, you know, like how much yeah. of that is legit? Depends. 100% depends. Does it? Okay. Like, you're like Israel and Drakus, that's 100% real. Yeah, okay. You know, I mean, we have to make sure athletes aren't around each other because yeah. they potentially fight each other. Also, it's just uncomfortable. It's just a waste of energy sure. too for them. But yeah. 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 I mean, it's, aggression. you know, you yeah. can tell, right? Like you can tell these are yeah. not actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys and gals, they're not great at acting. Okay. <laughs> so if you think it's real, it's real. Yeah. You know, can we talk a little bit about the acting side? Some fighters, I was like commenting on this other night at the fight. Some guys are just not good at the show. Cutting like just, promos. Yeah. Cutting promos. Yeah. They don't do anything. Do Some guys are just bad at everything. Like they just want to fight. I fast forward right the heck through every promo. I don't watch that. <laughs> like I'm the ultimate fighter. I watch the training. Yeah, I watch yeah. the fights. I don't care about people talking in yeah. a confessional. I don't care what you say. That's just not part of the sport I enjoy. Yeah. You know, and I, it's different when you're in the arena. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But like, if it was up to me, there'd be no ring card girls, mm, or yeah. minimal music. They'd just be like, hey, fight, fight. You know, I, I don't even like Bruce Buffer. Yeah. I mean, I like him more. Like now, having been retired for 10 years, I can appreciate yeah. what he does for the crowd and the energy in the room. Like you liked yeah. it, right? It was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. I remember just thinking like, this guy knows how to rev up a crowd. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But... I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I'm just here for the fighting, man. Yeah. I don't care at all. Well, yeah. I, w I wonder, like, how much UFC elevation in terms of the fighters that get the best spots. I mean, I'm going to use the wrong terminology here, but you know what? They're the main fight at the end of the night because yeah, they're the biggest they'll, name. They'll pay you to see lose. Yeah. Look, that, at the end of the day, it's a bit of a meritocracy, yeah. but it's also about, you know, one of the tenets of this place is fans decide. Yeah. And the fans, at the end of the day, Look, they're wrong a lot, but yeah. if enough people are wrong, turns out you're right. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. if enough people think that this guy's the guy, and even if he's not the best technical fighter, he yeah. talks the talk, then he's the best guy. Yeah. Why? Few, because he did a million buys. End yeah. of story. Yeah. So there's a few fighters who are just really, really good at putting on a yeah, like an, a show, but it's not a show. It's like a, a character. Like they're yeah. they're a character. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And, and the more you and I like those guys, I naturally want to yeah, yeah. watch them because they're. They're more entertaining yeah, than the I'm, guy. Who, I'm, a, I'm a purist, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> sorry. So, it was nice knowing you. It's good talk, talking about I like watching the boring guys, too. It's okay. I just wonder, like, yeah, does Dana Don't White just watch guys him fight. It's like or, Robbie Lawler. I was like, Robbie yeah, yeah. Lawler should cut all his promos right after a fight because yeah. the stuff he says after a fight is just beautiful. It's just pure. <laughs> Other than that, he's just like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Like a quiet-spoken guy. This guy is the savagest savage. Been doing yeah. this. I mean, been fighting in the UFC for 20 years. It's stupid. Yeah. Watching that fight the other night was, that was probably the highlight for me for the whole night. It was just like, like it went out, he went out the way that I'd want yeah. him to go out. Yeah. You know, it was, it was quick. It was just, I don't know, domination. Is that the right word? Yeah. Just dominated the, yeah. the game. Wow. All right, man. Let's talk about post, uh, a little bit of post. Cause okay. I know people don't want to hear us talking about UFC the whole time. After that, like, when did you quit? Was that your choice? Was that your body's uh, choice? Yeah, or was my that, body. It was a good call. Yeah, like, hey, I, I, I blew anymore. my knee out twice in an eight-month period. So yeah. Surgery both times? Yeah, or? yeah. Dang. So that was it. And I was just frustrated. Yeah. I was already, my shoulder was already done. And I'd actually like tried to adjust my style to get away from my shoulder to use my feet more. And then I blew yeah. my knee out. Yeah. Did you try to go out on top? Like, I mean, w w no, you know, if you no. look at a career, it's I, like. No, 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 no. I was 
totally fine knowing that I would never be in the top five again mm -hmm. and just trying to fight other old famous guys. Okay. Like, and that's okay. Yeah, you were serious. fine with like, that. I'm, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Still, you still get to go train every day. You get to compete. Yeah. And you know, maybe when the young buck says you got more rounded than you, now you say, nope. Yeah. That was it. I don't need another one. <laughs> yeah. And so what about mentally when you quit? Was that devastating? Was that, hey, it was I, devastating. That, yeah. was it? it destroyed me a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Can we but, talk about, can we go into your devastation but, a little but, bit? But, <laughs> um, you know, I got this. Yeah, yeah. And then, so working for the UFC is like, I was very, very fortunate to get that because I didn't have anywhere to put my mental energy. Yeah. You know, and I was very like, you know, a little despondent, a little down, didn't know what to do. The other thing that helped me though is that I had, like a two-year-old daughter mm -hmm. and that made me very happy you That's know like so that was day. like a new thing and i was like you know what man when you have that first kid you know yeah you're like ah, it's not that important yeah. it's just like other stuff is stupid you know it's like it's not imp as important as this like this and taking care of this and making sure that this this thing that i've given life to or helped give life to is is makes it as far as they can that's what's important now right yeah very much yeah being a parent reprioritizes your life in a very yeah. so that definitely way. helped and then you know working for the UFC to try to be still involved in the sport i love obviously yeah. that helped so what do you do here at the UFC today man i do all of it all, of, all it. of the above i lead in key initiatives to uh, help improve athlete performance that sounds like something you'd put on a resume right that there. is what <laughs> that's my job title <laughs> okay I, mean, I don't know yeah what does that mean i mean you walked we walked around together around this facility yeah. and every single person was like oh there he is hey hi like you, well, you were like no. the coolest guy in the room like no it's not that it's like everybody <laughs> like i've helped all these people get mm. the help they need mm. you know so it's i have the weirdest job like i don't really do much I, i'm not a dietitian yeah. i'm not a certified strength coach i'm not a sports scientist i don't have a master's in anything let alone a doctorate i can't do pt but if you come talk to me you say blah blah, blah i got the person for you mm. i can get you in touch with the right people i get you on the schedule i get you, i get this done i'm a fixer you're a fixer yeah that's what like ari was from uh entourage i was like yeah. That was a thing. He just very, very, very poor. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you you help with that. You know, one thing I, I found fascinating as we were walking through this place is just how much science and yeah. technology you guys have in everything. Oh, any, everything. every day. Yeah. It's yeah. Hard, it's right? it's nuts. I mean, is that really helping people become hundred percent way 100%. better? Yeah, yeah. Even if they don't digest it fully, mm -hmm. if it impacts the way they train, like, look, the human body is the human body, and when your body reacts and in a manner, right, to training, you have a reaction to training. Somebody to interpret that feeling or your heart rate or your sleep or your all that stuff and tell you like, you know, best to do this, best yeah. to do that makes a huge difference, you know? Yeah. So unfortunately, science is real. I try yeah, to ignore it, sadly. but no, it's, it's so real. Just tr trust the science. That's I all know, we've been hearing yeah. the last well, few years. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, and no. Right? Mm -hmm. Trust the science. Trust the data. But you got to make sure the people that are filtering the data are the right people too. Yes. Because you know, there's many interpretations of data, and there's yeah. there's a paper to discredit most papers, right? Yes. So you know, that's always been. Whenever I interview somebody who is a you know, health coach or a food person or yeah, a yeah. diet. I'm always like asking that. I ask the question a lot is you can read one paper and it says that vegetables are the worst thing in the world for you. Another one says meat is the worst thing in the world for you. And they have data that backs up exactly the opposite of the other person. Well, I mean, and that's unfortunately where you really have to be smart. You have mm -hmm. to look at the sample size and understand the study and understand, you know, like how valid it really is. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. How is Dana White to work with? So I get this a lot. I don't really see the guy. Sure. He, he has a few things on his <laughs> yeah, plate. Yeah, he's a busy guy, but he's exactly as he appears on TV, mm -hmm. 
you don't want to mess with him, but he's super nice to everybody. He's great to fans. He, he, you know, my mom didn't like him and then she <laughs> met him and now she loves him. Still oh, asking cool. about him, you know? That's awesome, man. What are you excited about with the future of the UFC, which is fighting in general? Like, what do you see coming that's like exciting? Is it just the science well, stuff? Or? No, they're, they're, yeah, here for the PI, it's yeah. more science and it's more interaction with more athletes and more coaches and then more locations, but it's globally, right? So this sport, there's a saturation point, right? Any sport has a saturation mm -hmm. point. Only so many people are gonna like fighting. Now, the saturation point for MMA is actually getting, is growing every day. Why? Because people like yourself and young people are training it. So now they're gonna have an appreciation when a big fight does come on, even if it's just like, oh, wow, that's amazing. They'll know that that is amazing instead of like, why are those guys rolling around with each other? That's weird, you yeah. know? So, so the more people that know, the more fans. But no, internationally, like globally, it's only, it's a smidgen of what it could be, right? Yeah, can you explain a little bit about, on that note, if you're a football fan, right, you right. go watch 30 players, 40, 50, I don't know, 100 players that are on a sports team, yeah. right, but only a few playing at a time in Dallas. And there's another one playing in Houston and another one over in Austin. And then another, yeah. I think there's so many teams and each of those have it. With UFC, it sure feels a lot more like, I mean, there is a fight. I mean, again, there's lots of stuff that's yeah. going on, but there's a lot fewer. Do you see that expanding to a point where there's just like the local? Yeah, yeah. it could you know, be regionals. Yeah. And the region, yeah. Is that the way you think the sport's headed? Maybe, yeah. So but I'd be just excited to People want to see the best fight the best, though, right? Yeah. So it'd be like a yeah. regional shows which lead into a bigger show. You could almost say there are like fight nights which mm -hmm. lead into the pay-per-views. And if you're on the pay-per-view, that's that's what you're talking about. And then the other thing is the regionality of it, right? So you had some two fighters from Mexico, you yeah. know, fighting for the belt, a fighter from Australia and, uh, and Brazil, right? So... You know, you're going to start identifying with your region. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, when I like don't know either the I fighters, see I'm like, go the American one. <laughs> or that guy's from Georgia. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. go go guy from yeah. Georgia. You know, like which is funny, which is pretty much how all sports teams yes, work anyway, right? Yes, you move to a new city, and all of a sudden exactly. you're a fan of that yeah, team. Yeah. It's like they're my team for life, and then you move to Houston. You're like, no, that's my. Or team. Or then for the life. Raiders move here, and I'm like, yeah, I okay. guess I don't hate the Raiders yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, guess I'm right. I grew yeah. up hating them, but now I like them. Yeah, Fan. you just kind of move around a little bit. Yeah. Is there a fighter that you are extremely like hot on? Like this is the next. There's so big. many, right? Oh, there's a guy named uh, his name is Chepe, I think I forget his last name, but he just fought uh, Trevor somebody, and it was just in a like one of those unsung amazing fights. And this mm. kid walked in underdog nobody really knew him he's got a soggy looking body and he was just the man like he owned it he didn't get nervous uh, i forget his last name but it was just like maybe three fights ago but yeah that kid i was like i don't know i like that kid's putting out yeah you know yeah, yeah. that's cool do they come and train here uh no never had any interaction with them other than fight week so our team also we do this but then our team travels every UFC event, so road to UFC or every other 44 events, and they provide, you know, physical therapy, athletic training, whatever, sports medicine and sports dietetics right up until competition. When you look at a fighter that's coming in and they're they're trying to make it, they're trying, you know, maybe they're signed, but they're trying to be, you know, the big one. They're on their first four fight deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you predict pretty well who's going to be the big? I don't like, want to. I don't want don't, to. Don't I want definitely to. don't. I want to treat everybody like they're going to be the next big star. Okay. Do you everybody. see? Do you see patterns in the ones that have really made it and really risen to the top that you're like, this is why they made it? Like, what are those traits that made them that way? Is so we 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 try to identify those more from a scientific okay. period. Like, you know, is it? 
reactive strength index? Is it, uh, you know, rate of force development? Like what are those, you know, which one of those things, you know why? Because those things are influenceable. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, you're not very good at this. We can make you better at that. Or you're very good at this. And the champion level, well, they all seem to be, you know, top 10 are all good at that. So, yeah. So more, more like that, right? Let's let the data dictate who we should, you know. Can anyone be a successful fighter? I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> like how much nurture versus nature is this? Uh, meaning if I work really hard at it, but I don't have the right oh, genes, yeah, yeah. This I'm is, just not going to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is great. This is, uh, yeah. Fortunately, people don't tend to work hard at things they're not good at. Yep. Right. You don't get the reward. You don't get the dopamine, whatever. Yeah. Everybody's into this now, dopamine and serotonin yeah. and all oxytocin. You know, everybody's yeah, yeah. into these now. But it's not fun to go yeah, be yeah. bad at something. If you're pretty good, you're going to be driven to go to the gym more. Okay, but yeah. sometimes people don't get autocorrected out of it. They stick with it. And I've seen a couple of people, they really stuck with it, but they just didn't have it. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, it's like, you know, you're five foot six and slow. Yeah. NBA is not for you guys. <laughs> well, I think of like singing compared to like singing, right? Like you oh, can be naturally born a good oh, singer. Oh, beautiful voice. Yeah. yeah. And then and, you're like, oh, you can work your whole life to be mediocre. Yes. Yeah. Because there are people who just, no matter what, yeah. no matter how hard you try, you will never be more than mediocre. Yeah. But there's still a place for those people, right? Karaoke bars and all that. And sure. There's I mean, there's gyms, there's local for, fights. Yeah, there's, there's local. yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that, a, is that a big thing, like local fights? Like Yeah, of course. How do you think, I mean, how I do you think we got here? Yeah. You got to start locally. Yeah, I've never seen them. Like, obviously, I don't look, and maybe Hawaii doesn't have, like, the local fight. And we have jujitsu It's, it's, hard, matches, it's right? hard to but, put things on in Hawaii. There was a yeah. big event in Hawaii, but it, uh, I kind of believe, but it went under. Yeah. Or it yeah. got rebought, and now they don't even do shows in uh, Hawaii anymore. Yeah. So what does it take to be the best? And what I mean by that is if somebody's listening to this show and they yeah. want to be like, they want to be an ultimate fighting champion. Uh, I mean, is this 40, 50, 60 hours a week? This is their whole life. That's what no, it is. Your body can't, your body can't handle that. Okay. So you can do, can you, you can do this part-time like. No, because the mental aspect of it's full-time. Okay. Physically, you probably need to work maybe 20, 25 hours a week. Okay. And then you got, you know, your recovery and sure. your this bath and the ice bath and then this and that and you know so now we're at 30 hours a week and now you got film study so it's not all the physical part right it's a lot about the mental you know the, the mental like doing the work that yeah. i never did in my day honestly it was good if you showed up went hard you'd be all right yeah you show up every day go hard yeah now it's like you gotta show up every day are we going hard today all right we're gonna go hard today we're gonna get that fight feel today but tomorrow we're gonna recover we're gonna learn you know we're gonna try to like you know, acquire information and, you know, yeah. yeah. Skill acquisition periods of training versus general preparation versus specific prep versus specific fight training versus taper for competition. Like these are all things. And the athlete doesn't necessarily need to know them, sure. but they need to know like we're going hard today or yeah. we're not going hard today. Or we're going hard, but brief, you know? Is there a lot of review for the fighters? Like do they sit there and watch their fights? Did you? It's hit or miss. Okay. You know, I actually watch my opponents probably more than I watch myself. Cause like everybody, I, well, like most, when I watch myself, I'm like, you suck. Yeah. You should have yeah. just stopped yesterday. You are <laughs> the worst. How did you even make this far in life guy? But like, you know, I watch my opponents and yeah, it would make me nervous, but that's good. You know, yeah. it'd make me uncomfortable and I wouldn't do it at my house. This is the kind of thing I would do it at the gym. Cause I didn't want that disease in my home. Mm. How do you deal with haters and like people who are 
anti you. I mean, I just you... I just send them the waiver and say, hey, bro, <laughs> syndicate down the street. It's, the, it's a gym. <laughs> that works. Spine Saturday noon. Mm. But you you were in the public eye, so I mean, maybe it wasn't as bad back then. I've also you know, come. I've, I'm a nice guy too. I'm I'm like genuinely like, what? Why do you want to mess with me? I yeah. I ain't messing with nobody, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I'm not I'm not putting myself out there. I'm never saying like I'm this. I'm that. No. Sure. You know, if I if I insult me first, why would you bother? Yeah. I've already insulted me. Don't jump on the bandwagon, bro. <laughs> now you're just copying me. I said it first. Gosh. There you go. Then you go fight him. Yeah. Do you fight anymore? Oh, I don't. You don't, I don't. Not at all. Like not even. Just- uh, I mess around a little, but I don't grapple or wrestle at all. I just like uh, I do a little kickboxing here and there. And if people take me down, I just say, oh, "I'm done." Yeah. Let me back up. Is that just because you don't want to hurt your body anymore? Or you're just not into it, like the. No, 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 it's it's definitely because my body's garbage and yeah. I suck and my reactions <laughs> are garbage. But like I would love to still fight and spar hard. Okay, you know, yeah. be fun. Yeah, you just is the pain just. Hurts. No, it's not pain. It's just like this is my forever body. Mm. I didn't realize that. Like yeah. if I had little injuries that, you know, you can adrenaline through at that time, yep. they're, they're going to be there forever. Yeah. Makes sense, man. Yeah. All right, man. I want to move toward the next segment of the show. I'm literally calling this right now for the gram because it's just designed okay. for amazing Instagram clips that are going to make you look like a viral movie star. You okay. ready for this? No. All right. Not at all. <laughs> Super easy. Uh, I'm simply going to give you a couple of fill in the blanks. So okay. I'm going to say a statement. You just say the statement again, but instead of saying blank, you can fill blank. Fighting is about blank, not blank. Ooh. I mean, you know, fighting is about scale, talent, heart. It's about those things. It's not about aggression or raw anger. Fighting is about everything. It's not about nothing. Ooh, that sounds like... Just everything. Sounds like a deep answer. It's about everything. That was good. All right. The secret to being a great fighter, father, and person is blank. Unknown. <laughs> I don't know. Still trying to figure that yeah, one out. Is. Yeah, what do you have, kids? I was hoping you were going to tell me. Yeah, I have a daughter that's 11. I have a wife and daughter, yeah. Okay, one kid. Yep. All right. What kind yep. of father are you? Uh, yeah, no comment. I mean, no. It's, <laughs> I mean, I work a lot, and then yeah. I'm, I'm very, you know, on my phone a lot, doing work stuff, and so, yeah, you know. I'm definitely not as present as I would like to be. Okay. But what do you do great as a father? Say yes. Just, yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever you want. His mom around us yeah. do it. I don't yeah, care. let's do it. No. Um, I, we used to do a lot of like gymnastics routines together and okay. she would make me like hold her because she did acro and so I would like carry her around. Yeah. Yeah. Have, I'm definitely into, into no. I she was in jits for a little bit. She didn't okay. love it. It wasn't her passion. She does gymnastics now. But I'm definitely um this is something my stepdad did for me. I get into whatever she's into. Like uh, I'll yeah. I'll just like read stuff or watch clips about gymnastics or acro because that's what she's into. So yeah. I want to be able to talk with her about it. So I'll look at it. Who's mm-hmm. you know, who's doing what? What's yeah. What's your wife's name? Uh Jamie. What do you love about Jamie? man that's tough that's tough i mean because it's obviously it's everything but no she is man we we just fit well you know we we always have and we we don't have like arguments and we just you know this is something too it's odd to say this in a public forum but it's something i need to be a lot better at is like you know and i heard my pastor say this actually like you give 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 to everybody all day and that's you know you work and like you and then you get home and there's not much left for your wife the person you love more than where the person you're like i want to spend the rest of my life with this person you know i'm gonna be tied to this person financially as far you know as far as a parent forever which i mean you know i still feel that way obviously but it's like man you know 
sometimes you feel like I should do better. Like yeah. I should do better. Why don't I, you know, why don't I plan something? Why don't I like, you know, I'm like tired from planning stuff at work all day and yeah. I don't want to just, I don't want to be spontaneous and romantic and, you know. So what are you going to plan right now? This won't air for a little while. What do you want to plan for your wife? Well, we are going on vacation. Okay. Wednesday to Wednesday. So. Where are you going? Uh, just San Diego. Just San Diego. Just the most beautiful city in America. Yeah, well, that's where we go every time. Yeah. Uh, my wife hasn't been on a plane since we had our daughter. My daughter's never been on a plane. We no just, way. We just applied for a passport for her. Really? The other day. So, so we're so just want to get that U.S. stereotype yeah. in there. All right. What's something? My buddy challenged me on this a couple of weeks ago, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push it on you right now. Yeah. What is something on that trip that you can do that's just gonna blow your wife's mind? Like that's something different. You don't have to have the answer right now. Yeah. I may not even have to air this, but I'm just yeah. uh, like, because a vacation is a vacation. It's great. Well, if I did any part of the planning, if I actually came yeah. up with a plan or found a place <laughs> for us to eat or found something cool for us to do, she'd be blown away. She'd be blown away. I cooked a meal. Think of like a hot air balloon ride, right? Out of the blue. Like, like yeah, hey, yeah, surprise, yeah. honey. Surprise, kid. Well, there's constraints, right? My, my wife would never get in the hot air balloon. <laughs> okay, yeah, that She's might be like, a little. This, this is like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm not even sure I want to. We just had someone to die in a hot air balloon out here. <laughs> oh, wow, really? What they do, jump out? No, they just crashed. Really? Caught in wind. They all died. Yeah, yeah. No way. And the guy that was doing it was only like quasi-certified to do it. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just, I just come at you with the, how yeah. many people died in elevators <laughs> this year. Facts, right? All right. What about your uh, daughter? What do you love about her? You know, she she still loves me. She still wants me to kiss her goodnight. She's mm. still like, if I leave the house without saying goodbye and giving her a hug, she gets mad. So she's still very affectionate and empathetic towards me. So, you know, I have to milk that as long as I can, right? Before she just doesn't care about me at all. Yeah. You'll I, see. You'll yeah, see. that goes away. Yeah, yeah. I know. My uh, daughter the other day, I think I said this on a podcast, the last one we recorded, but she was in the car and she was like looking, she was at a friend's house. We picked her up. She's like seven. And she was just looking down and like really sad. I was like, hey, Rosie, what's going on? She goes, nothing. And I was like, well, what? I mean, there's something going on. She's like, I don't want to talk about it. And it was the first time of like, she's her own. Like, How old is she, this? Uh, seven. Seven. She internalized her yeah. whatever. And I still don't know what was wrong, but there was something wrong and she wouldn't tell mom and dad. And I was like, oh, this is a new level of parenting. That sounds horrible. It sounds awful. You're like, doing something wrong. <laughs> My kid tells me everything. I don't know what you're doing wrong. <laughs> I'm out of here. You're too this judgmental. You're too judgmental. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell's wrong, Rosie? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was very nice and very kind to her and it just didn't work. So, oh yeah. It's good for her to be you know, her own Safe person. Safe space, but, make her comfortable. Yeah. yeah. She'll come to you when she's ready. Yeah, she will. And, uh, but it's, it's hard, man. Yeah. What lessons do you have for me? What advice do you have for me as a parent who is going through now what you've gone through for 11 years? You know, just be present, be there, put your phone down, you know, dedicate time to it. You know, this is my time. And then, you know, set up play dates for you and your, your kid, you know, mm -hmm. set up a play date. Like, you know, sometimes we'll go and just, you know, set up something silly or I'll go to like a bouncy house or, you know, like a bouncy house, but the trampoline park and we'll just, you know, something that you guys, and the other thing, well, that I've kind of done is tried to find hobbies because, you know. I'm not the perfect guy for a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Had I had a son, I love sport, you know, it would have been yeah. different, but I've tried to like identify things that she likes and make myself like them, yeah. understand them, learn about them, and then, you know, be able to relate about these things, right? Yeah, that's really good. 
Really good, man. All right, next segment of the show. I got three segments left. I like segments because it reminds yeah, me of like yeah, yeah. Our order. I like Kathy order. Lee or something. All right, this is called the three, two, one pivot. Okay. I'm going to ask you three books. Okay, well, first of all, let's define pivot. So your okay. life is working one direction. I mean, uh-huh. you're, you're a basketball guy, but you're, there's one direction, you pivot, and you can go another direction, right? right. So your life has these pivots in it, I, and I call it the three, two, one pivot. Three books that pivoted your life, two people that pivoted your life, and one maybe quote that made your Man, life. Man, I really pivot. should listen to this uh, podcast before today. <laughs> I really should because this is not even. We're gonna easy. start. We're gonna start one at a time. Three books that have made an impact on your life. Um, I haven't read three books. No, I don't <laughs> know. Uh, let's Can you see. Read? Uh, yeah, right. Oh, we'll figure it out. Um, writing my book had an impact. Wait, you wrote a book? I read two books. Okay, we're gonna go back to that in a minute. But no. keep keep going. Uh, well, we just, just thinking about the identif- the information and it did okay. actually change the course of my life. Um, fight club. I, yeah. I read that book yeah. uh, early in life. And that was just, to me, that was just like, oh my God, this is what I'm thinking <laughs> that, I don't know. I mean, that was one of the things I was like, yeah, keep in, keep in the all in on the dream. Yeah. And then, um, a third book. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a great third book. Okay. We'll leave it at two. That's yeah. cool. What about people who've made a big impact that have pivoted your life? You know, man, I had a real cool stepdad, right? So my stepdad, I didn't meet him until I was 13, but he was, you know, you know, I tell the stories about hard times. Well, one time he drove, you know, two hours and fixed my car. Otherwise, mm. I would have lost another job just mm. for not being able to show up. And, you know, he, he like, was really into fighting, I quit fighting. And I was like, hey, you want to watch fights? And he was like, oh, I don't really care. It's like, did you ever? It's like, well, yeah, when you were doing it, kind of. Mm. <laughs> like, All right, um, and then you know, of course, my mom, right? Your your mom. You got to go with your yeah. your parents. Me and my mom still have a pretty good relationship. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Where she live? Uh, she lives like three miles from me. Oh no here. way! Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. She moved out here when you moved out. She, she moved out here when we had our daughter, and uh, realized yeah. that was the only way she was going to get to see her. Kid. Yep. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And that's that early time. You know, that first six years is when it's really like the yeah. best for the grandparents. You know. Yeah. What about a quote? One quote that's pivoted your life. Uh, I know, quotes are kind of hard yeah, to nail I'm, off. I'm usually pretty good at quotes, actually. You had the two in the hallway over there. Yeah, yeah. But those had no effect on me. <laughs> it's great quotes. They're great quotes. I mean, I do. One of my favorite is GSPs. I don't go in there to survive. I go in there to hunt. That's mm. one yeah, baby. that's good, man. That's the mentality. That's, that's, that's what we're good. looking for. <laughs> you're the victim. You know, the old, you're locked in yeah. here with me. I'm yeah. not locked in here yeah. with you. You know, I don't know, something that I've kind of like tried to represent is, you know, almost that, uh, you know, but for blind luck, there go I type thing. Like, you know, I've never been special or anything like that. So I've worked on being the everyman, you know, because I'm not special. I wasn't super athletic, meteor athletic. I wasn't super smart, medium smart, you know, making okay at everything. And it's like, man, what, what makes me special? Like nothing. Nothing. Nothing makes you special for us. You're pretty, pretty average, but it's almost like the everyman. It's like, what if we just put like the average person with the average mindset in professional fighting yeah. and saw what they, and this is what they do, you know? Yeah. So what was the trait in you that made you successful? If you're average at all those things, what made you? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the old uh, luck, right? Luck when hard work meets preparation, okay. you know? So yeah, I, I, I worked pretty hard. Yeah, where I mean, it was that edge you just worked really, really hard. Like I mean, you- I worked hard and I got lucky. Well, I got you know, there's there were opportunities, but here's the other thing: I've had a lot of bad luck too. I've mm-hmm. been very lucky, but I've also had like the worst luck, like the worst injury before the biggest fight. You know, and what are you going to do? Pull out? You know, you still fight. You know, yeah. 
or like, ah, you know, I'm injured, but the other guy's injured worse. It's like, oh, you got lucky. So, you know, people don't realize luck cuts both ways. Yeah, it definitely does. All right, man. Next segment, past, present, future. Okay. What advice do you have to your younger self? Yeah, this is gonna. This is right up your alley. Uh, buy properties. Yeah, buy. Invest in real estate. <laughs> buy, Invest buy in real estate, real estate guy. Yeah, what do you do with your money these days? Like, what's your uh, investment life look like? 401k kind of stuff, or do you do anything alternative? No, I just buy uh, Rolexes. That, they usually go up in value. They actually. do. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're store of value. I don't know value. if you're joking about no, that. No, they're a store of value. Yeah, they're a yeah. store of value. And if you buy really nice cars, store of value. Yeah, you know, They'll actually go up. Um, no, I'm... I don't know. I'm pretty financially literate, but what do I, what do I do with money? I mean, it's diverse, right? I have sure. a, an estate planner I work with, um, financial advisor, and then I do some. Yeah. My wife's a real estate agent, so oh, we no do way. some of that stuff. Of course, every, it's Vegas. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's, a, real everybody's agent. a real estate agent, bro. <laughs> you tripped over two on the way in here, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so a little of this, a little of that, but it's just relatively diverse. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to pause the past, present, future for a second and ask the question. We started talking about it earlier, and I wanted to pick it back up in this interview, and that is back in the day, athletes were, it was known, if you were like in the NFL, you were going to make millions of dollars and then go bankrupt. It was yes. like 90% of them yeah. went bankrupt. Uh, and I know you- like 50, but- Oh, yeah, 50, 40, yeah. 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 Well, it was a lot. It was more than, than average. You know, when you figure you gave a guy $12 million, how could he blow $12 yeah. million? Well, uh, yes, you know, uh, he didn't actually make $12 million. Turns out he made seven after All In, after Uncle true. Sam, and, mm -hmm. you know, his manager and everybody had a piece of it. And then he had this, and then, you know, his family, he comes from nothing, so he had yeah. to help a lot of family members out. And then, you know, his, his friends tried to start a business, and they meant to start a good yeah. business, but he tried to help them, and, you know, turned out that went under, and and it's like, well, you know, who just want a restaurant? A steak restaurant would be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are all, those are a money pit. So, yeah. So does that happen in the UFC, the guys you work with? Do you see that often or are they a little better today? There's not as much money here. But. Yeah, there's not as much money. And, you know, it's for us, it's more about, you know, oh, man, I made $200,000. I made $100,000. I made $180,000. Yeah. And all of a sudden, guess what? You made no money. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's really identifying that you are not in a regular profession, that you need to live below your means or well below your means. Because even if you made a couple hundred thousand dollars and you've been doing that for three or four years, which is not unreasonable, there's going to come a time whereas, you know, everybody that works here is going to get a 2% cost of living increase and then they're going to make a little more and a little more. Well, there's going to time where you're going to make more and more and more nothing. nothing. Yeah. You know, so you need to identify that. And then you need to start, what are your next steps? Like, what are you going to do for money? Yeah. How much does that pay? And can you live off of that now so that you've saved some of that money for the future? Yeah. Right. So for us, it's that management, right? It's not what you make, it's what you save. And for me, one thing I did wrong is like, you need to have your money making money. Just yeah. sitting in a bank losing inflation is not great. Sure. So what are some safer, you know, federally insured deposits? What, like, what can you do like with your money that's relatively safe? to grow it a bit. And then, you know, what, what can you do outside of the sport of fighting for money? You want to be a gym owner? Cool. Remember that you only know the A side of the business. Yes. You know how to deal with customers. You don't know how to get them in the building. You know how to teach fighting. You know how to train jujitsu or, but you don't actually know how to market. You don't know how to run a business. You don't know how to pay the cleaning people on time. You don't know how to order supplies. So, you know, it's about understanding your limitations and either like something you guys always suggest is bring people in that can fulfill yeah. that or just figuring out what they are. Yep. It's not that hard. You know, yep. you go to basic like lawyer accounting, you have a, an LLC, you can find a lot of stuff online, like, you know, 
oh, geez, uh, you know, you go you get like an Excel spreadsheet and you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yep. I'm going to need that. Uh, insurance. I got to get insurance. Ah, oh, geez, one more expense. All right. I got to raise my membership price a little, you know? It's like, oh, okay. So anyway, it's about kind of understanding what, what your next step are. And what have you done? Like for me, I, I, can, I monetized a lot of relationships because when I was doing well, I was pretty cool to people and I was very respectful of relationships. So you know, when I was kind of like, hey, you got something going on that I could maybe get involved in? People were apt to say yes. So you're going to monetize those relationships. You got yeah. a sponsor, treat them right. Be nice to them. Be good to them. You know, go a little above and beyond. And that way, when you're you're not, you know, whatever, they'll still put you in the Toyo commercials. Yeah. And Toyo tires. And I'm still getting free Toyo tires, baby. Are you really? Oh, yeah. Look at you. Yeah. So, you know. It's, not the Toyota it, truck, though. They're not giving you a tundra. No, Toyo. Toyo oh, Tires. Toyo. Yeah. Oh, that's very different. Official tire sponsor of the UFC. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it's, uh, you know, so there's a thousand little things like that. And uh, eventually I would like to open that back up. That's something we used to do for UFC athletes is have what we called summits. Yeah. Uh, we moved away from that. Now that we have the Performance Institute, but we'd like that information to live here. Yeah. So an athlete comes through, we're, hey, Here's the like social media just did a like indoctrination for him. How can you make money off social media? How yeah. can you build your brand? Look, the UFC wants you, the fighter, to be more popular. This is more people are going to want to pay money to yep. see you fight or to put your name on a T-shirt, etc. Yeah. You're going to get a cut of that money, so it's it's good for everybody. Yeah. And then you can get outside sponsors that have nothing to do with the UFC. You know, can a fighter do that? If they like, you know, somebody, some energy drink company comes up and it's like, Hey, we have sponsors. Yeah. they can do whatever they want. They just can't do it in UFC events, which oh, is so usually you can't, like walk on stage, holding no, a no, bottle no. of yeah. whatever. Okay. But yeah. that's the UFC's time. Yeah. People pay the UFC a lot of money for that time. Your time, like you're going to an event. Like I still do stuff all the time, like random gigs for companies that compete against the UFC yeah. or against the UFC sponsors. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Independent contractors, baby. It's that life. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's definitely, uh, it's a hustle, yeah. you know, and everybody does it. And it's, I, I don't know, I like it. Well, if any of you guys ever want to learn real estate, you know where to send them. I'll show them the way. Uh, you brought up a really good point, though, and I'll throw a book recommendation out there that changed my life. Uh, the idea of you can be good at knowing jujitsu and terrible at running a gym, right? Yes. It's like uh, the book, The E-Myth Revisited from Michael Gerber. He yeah, I've yeah, heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he used the analogy, you can know how to bake a cake and be a terrible bakery owner. Yeah. Those are two different skills. It's not impossible to know the business side. I yeah. love the business side, yeah, yeah, but too. I had to learn the business side. Uh, and so as long as you go in it with that, mentality yeah. of like, oh, I'm going to have to learn how to run a business. Uh, you'll be okay. hundred percent. Yeah. Even yeah, if revisited, like great it. one. Even revisited. All right. Back to past, present, future. That was the past one was uh, advice to your younger self. Uh, this one I'm calling the better life question. And it basically says, are you happier today than you were when you were fighting? Uh, like, can you, and I think it's weird to gauge happiness necessarily, yeah. but how my do you happiness view that? is different. Okay. But no. No, you had no, fun no. then. You, I mean, you're happy then. I, you're happy I today. probably have less happiness and a lot less stress. Mm. You know, I was really serious about like performing and winning fights. And if I had a bad day at training, then I laid in bed thinking about yeah. how pathetic I was and how the world was going to end and how I should just quit. And, you know, that's actually interesting. You bring up the happiness like higher happiness, higher stress. I wonder yeah. if that's how it is for actually most people. That's how it, that's how it was for me. The higher highs, lower lows. So yeah. now I'd say they're mediated a little bit. The yeah. highs aren't as high, but the lows aren't as low. 
Yeah. I think, you know, if my daughter has a child and I'll be like, oh, there it is again. Like yeah, yeah. when my daughter was born, I was like, oh, it's amazing. You know, yeah. those are that, those are life happinesses. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, as far as like the middle spikes, you win a fight, the middle of the yeah. week, you have a great day of training. You know, oh, God, you finally get that technique that you've been working on. You know? Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of happiness in uh, the climb of things, right? Like when you're yes, trying to become yes, better at yes. being a fighter or building a business. But yeah. as a requirement to get better, you have to have a lot of stress. Yeah. Right? You don't get stronger without. But you got to enjoy the process to yeah. an extent, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's the answer. And we're going to go deep here. Maybe the answer to happiness is to add more stress to your life. Well, it's finding things that, you know, to you are worth the reward, right? It's yeah. definitely not like, you know, it's not like living in Malibu with your, in a retirement community with yeah. your feet kicked up. That's not going to make, that wouldn't make me happy. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't make me unhappy, but like I would get more happiness out of being in here, dealing with little crises, trying to help people. But then again, it's also going to give me more disease as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing called the, the hedonic treadmill, right? Where uh, anything you do in life that you think is going to make you happy, like buying that new car yeah. or doing that thing, it just it's just normal. You you get that after winning the belt, too. Mm. You're just like so much adrenaline and it's so high, and then you're just like, ah, what now? Yeah. Everybody, like, when they win the Super Bowl or something, they have like an odd down, and that's just like, mm-hmm. you're just, your body's spent, like all the endorphins, everything went off. It's just like, okay. How did you deal with that? I see that often in uh, like conferences. I'll go to a conference and hang out with people, have a great time, or go to Vegas and go back down, and I go back home, and I, we call it like the post-event yeah, dopamine yeah, crash. Yeah, How did yeah. you deal with that as a fighter? Because I'm sure that existed then. Just the routine. Dial into the routine. Yeah. Just don't do what you keep doing. Your car, you get in the car, it goes to the gym, you do your thing. And, you know, yeah, gym is one way. If you can get, it's going to get hard. It's hard to move. It's hard to get started. But once you get started, it's going to feel good. Maybe it's a nice bath. Maybe it's a lot of things, right? You know, there's there's a lot of ways to deal with that now. You know, one thing you don't want to do is like, chase it with you know sugar and alcohol yeah, you know yeah. we get that high, we yeah, get yeah. that little high again it's, it's gonna be high briefly but then it's gonna be low again and then yeah. it's gonna be even worse and it's just gonna spiral down yeah. <laughs> uh ice baths do you do them yourself still i do i'm pretty big yeah yeah are they more than just social media hype in your like what yes, do they do for you you know they're uh i mean for me it's like i have a lot of joint pain they mitigate the joint pain they improve my sleep but you know there's there's a lot of benefits metabolic um you know it actually like cryo chamber, um, it pumps up all your endorphins and whatnot, and then mm. your pain response is actually lower. So maybe that's why I sleep better, but I do get a lot better sleep when I do it. And, you know, just feel like more recovered. Now, the other thing is um, you can do contrast baths. So you get in the water, right? Things contract down. You get in the hot water. It expands again, and what you're doing is you're getting like a passive dilation of those tissues. Yeah. So you're getting all those metabolites out of your muscles mm. and fascia and, and into your system so your body can kind of like, well, so your body can circulate them and clean it out. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I got to get more into ice baths. I've done it twice. You don't ever. have to. I have you to. You could just not. It's a requirement, man. Why? It's Why? Is that, is that you're, in you're in the cult. You're in the cult. <laughs> you're like, that's my cult. Everybody's doing it. Everyone's I got to do it. it. I got, I, what else am I going to put on my social media? Like, I, come just, on. I mean, I don't know. Just, I got to put a shirtless picture like, of me getting uh, in an ice bath. And then it's like, well, mine is 37 Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're one of those 40 oh, degree I'm, ones. I'm going. Oh. I'm down cold. Yeah, yeah, I remember when I was, uh, you know, weak too. So. I lost. I lost two toes. How many toes have you lost? Oh, yeah. Well, I will tell you what I lost. Oh, 
Can you, uh, this is a weird question. Can your ears get reconstructed back to completely normal? Yeah, if I wanted them to. No, if I wanted them to. So they actually slice it, they cut all that out, and they put them together and put them back. So this is where I was going with that, because you didn't do that, and most fighters don't. Is it a No, like a badge of honor. Yeah, a badge of honor. It's not a badge of honor. It's just uh, I don't believe in unnecessary surgeries. Okay. I I want as little. I've been under the knife plenty of times. Um, I'm going to go for my shoulder. If I cannot go under the knife, I'm going to not go under the knife. Yeah. Okay. I just, why? But it's not like a point of pride. People walk around like, oh, no, my I mean, ear's I, bigger I than your ear. I don't, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, we were just talking to Big Nagara. Yeah. I don't know if you looked at his ears, uh-huh. but they look like dip cans on yeah. each side of his head. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's because he started grappling when he was like 14 and never stopped. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Up. yeah. In a good way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's cool looking. Yeah. I'm not going to touch my hockey puck. Purpose, They're like, but... what the hell is that thing? Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah. It's different. Yeah. I'm, there's probably people watching this right now that didn't know that's a thing, but. It's definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a, thing. it's a thing. Is it just over time it happens, or is it like one time somebody smacks you? Yeah, yeah, it was like kind of one acute thing, and then if you don't... So, all right, so the ear in a lot of people is imperfectly designed. So blood goes in, you damage a tissue, what happens? It swells, blood goes in. So blood goes in the tissue to start to heal. Well, a lot of people, they don't have the ability, obviously I was one of them, for the blood to release, to mm. get back into your system so it stays there and calcifies. Interesting. And then you can drain it and patch it, but if you keep training, it just keeps coming back and it's actually more painful. Mm. So you just kind of let it go and you just keep training. And you drained it a little bit here and there, but you don't like patch it in. They'll actually yeah. sh- so like, like kind of sew it down and then you just, you know, just over time if you're gonna train it happens yeah. or you can wear headgear you know i just didn't like headgear yeah yeah well uh looks over body ability <laughs> yeah well it's, i mean for me it's it's about function over over okay much you better know, form. Yeah. yeah i mean i suppose if headgear took away one percent of your ability to move fast or respond or react or yeah. whatever then well it's, it's also not real it's a thing mm-hmm. that's not going to be there yeah. in that fight so when somebody's grabbing your head it's just like one more thing it's like is this helping me or hurting me I don't, you know yeah. anyway i'm a big on competition conditions okay we're, yeah. we're sparring the number of rounds we're going to fight at the time we're going to fight with the music with the thing with the thing with the thing with the thing let's, let's make it as real as possible yeah. oh, we're fighting on campus we're going to be in a campus 30 foot octagon we're going to do it in 30 foot octagon it's at nine o'clock we're going to go at about nine o'clock you know mm. This is the song I'm going to walk out to. This is the song I'm going to walk out to. Oh, here's a question I, uh, I was asking the other night. Nobody knew the answer. Do all fighters get to pick their own song yes. to walk out to? Yes. Okay. That made sense. Yeah. Because some songs I'm like, the person in charge of the production of a UFC fight, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, it is phenomenal. It's better than anything I've ever seen in terms of not manufacturing, but curating energy, right? Like even throughout the night, the volume gets higher and higher and higher, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Just this thing, right? And then they... I'm sure there's people who have music that just, just like doesn't fit their vibe. And I'm like, I'm, I know that the, uh, the person's just like cringing, like, oh, why? Like, like this massive energy and then like some, you know, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's something totally different. They're like, oh, but I like that they get to pick their own. That's cool. I didn't know if that was, yeah, or yeah. Not. all right, man, back to past, present, future. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be known for? Ooh, I just haven't made the sport of MMA better. Mm. and having made my community of Las Vegas better. And, uh, you know, like the Boy Scout motto, right? Leave things a little better than you found them, like the cops campsite thing. So that, you know, Las Vegas was better for my having been here. Um, And then maybe even a good father. Yeah. That's that's not a bad one, right? No more kids planned? 
Nope, nope. I'm very old. And you know, it's uh, it's I'm doing my bit for the environment. There you go. You're helping uh, less people. Less people. I I think Elon says that's doesn't Elon say that's the problem today? Like the underpopulation now, we're gonna have a population collapse. So you might be hurting. No, no, no. So, well, don't let's not go down (laughs) that path. Let's not go down that path. But I guess immigration, okay, making immigration more viable. So we've tried to we've tried to immigrate a lot of people. It's been difficult. So, you know, like identifying who is, you know, who we're letting in the country, why, what they get. So, you know, there's plenty of people out there. There's plenty of people that still want to come to America. If you think about the greatest Americans in in the country, a lot of more immigrants. <laughs> Elon Musk yep. ain't from America. 100%. He's 100%. not from here, you know. Yeah. Like you think about, like you know, uh, he might not be from here, like yeah, 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 here yeah, yeah, either. Like yeah, we don't know if he's, he's even a uh, human. Him and GSP are from yeah. Know, they're, they might be from place. somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're probably from some lab in Canada where they made Wolverine or <laughs> some probably too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get to the wrap up. Uh, two questions. What are you excited about right now? Oh, I never asked about your book. Oh, my Tell me about your book, man. I wrote, I wrote two books. Tell me about uh, your books. Uh, well, the first one is Got Fight, which, yes, is a ripoff of a Got Milk thing from the 90s. But it's okay because the kids have uh, readopted the 90s style. Yeah, there you go. Which is hideous with these baggy oh, pants. Oh, the and baggy the, pants and mom jeans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like, do you have mom jeans yet? Uh, no, we'll I'm... <laughs> I'm still wearing the clothes from the 90s. Okay, yeah. The yeah, first yeah, girl. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's okay. got melt, uh, got melt, fight, got fight. Yeah, I mean, that was a book about fighting. Uh, no, <laughs> it's a, it's a book about life lessons based on Ooh. things from fighting. So it's just you know you, you were like you know it's kind of like a, a principles type yeah. book. You know, here are some things you can learn from fighting that apply to your life. Okay, um, and it was supposed to be like the fifty hand to face blah blah blah, and there's only thirty four in there. Um, so here's right. something I don't know. I know you've written a lot of books, but. When I had uh, a publisher and a deadline, they were like serious about that yeah. deadline. So my book did not have an ending, which is why I wrote a second book. Really? It's because I had written an ending and a bunch of stuff, but they were like, no, it's too late. I was like, what? And this is, you know, 2007. So yeah. this is like when it was like a year turnaround. And I'm like, but it doesn't come out till August. Like, surely yeah. you can just like, nope. It's the, it's the copy set. It's sent off. It's blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay. So the second book was about the same thing. What was that called? No, that was called Be Ready When the Shit Goes Down. Okay. And that was uh, a guide to surviving in post-apocalyptic world. Like a real post-apocalyptic world? Yeah, brother. Tell me about it. Well, it depends on what kind of apocalypse this you get. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be an apocalypse that you, you know, that, you know, just, just the food. I went to like some survival schools. Yeah. I hated it. I wouldn't survive. Um, you know, yeah, just I used to go up. to like these shooting schools and survival schools and do all this next time and buy all those guns and bullets and water and food. Yeah. And, and I was like, man, you know what? And then when I had my daughter, this is funny. It was 11 years ago. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm probably not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm weak. I'm slow. <laughs> I'm old. I don't shoot regularly. I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, somebody's going to take all my gold anyway. There's no point. Is that know? the key to surviving a post-apocalyptic world is to be able to shoot and, and hurt and hunt? And well, resources. Things? Yeah. Was, yeah. You know, or, or just to happen to live out in like the Pennsylvania forest sure. and just be self-sufficient. Right? So just those little things. Like Why'd you write that book? Uh, just because I wanted to put a funny spin on it. Mm. And I was like really into it at the time. <laughs> and uh, my my author, uh, a guy named Eris, she was also into it at the time. Yeah, so. that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. What's a lesson? Let's go back to the first book and then we'll we'll close out this book. Yeah. What is a lesson or two 
from life that you can apply toward like fighting? What's the lesson you can apply from fighting to life? Adapt, be water. It's one of the UFC's tendons. Adapt, be water. Adapt, be water. It's Bruce Lee. It's uh, you've, you've never heard that quote. Who's Bruce Lee. <laughs> So, <laughs> so out of here. it's like, uh, you know, you can push the wall, push the wall, push the wall. You can't yeah. push the wall. You got to go around the wall, you know? So it's, and it's something I do a lot in meetings in this room mm-hmm. where I get that fixed mindset and I want to push in and yeah. say, we got to do this because it's like, and I'll do this. I'll physically do this. Mm-hmm. I'll just sit back in my chair like this. And I'm not saying I give up. I'm saying, all right. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. How, how important is what I'm saying right now? Is there not another way? There's there's another way to solve this problem that I'm not thinking about right now because I'm locked in on this course of action, yeah. and they're locked in on that. What, what you know? How do I adapt? How do we adapt? What's the other way that we're not thinking of? Yeah. So that and that's something like you know you do, do jujitsu. If you're rolling with me, what do you weigh? Uh, Two ten. Yeah, me too. If you're rolling with me and you push in and decide you're gonna just roll me over. You're not, you're not going to roll me over. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So you got to decide, okay, that's solid there, but it's not here. So you got to find your, you know, your next exit. Like, so, and I'll push against you like I'm going to roll you over. And then when you push back, I'm just going to go the other way. You know, yeah. now I'm going to dig for the underhook and I'm going to start getting on my hip and try to shin shield and try to start, you know, creating some space, et cetera. Right. So, and I mean, that's, that's a good life skill. You know, yeah. you can't push the wall down. You know, you can't just always meet it head, head to head. I mean, sometimes you can, you know, just, but a lot of times you need to, you know, adapt, overcome a different direction. It's a good tip, man. Yeah. All right. Now the wrap up. What are you excited about? Any new books coming out or anything fun like that? No, no, no. What am I excited about? Uh, Well, we're opening Performance Institute in Mexico City. Oh, that's awesome. And that's, you know, a lot of my kind of like day-to-day activities are just involved in recruiting staff getting athletes like just getting the word out there working with people down there to get things done and just to make sure that people know it's a big deal yeah very cool yeah so i love it last question if people wanted to connect with you follow you you, said the last one was the last question i i this is part two part question man two part question (laughs) where do people find you where do they connect with you follow you whatever What's your cell phone number? I'm at the Performance Institute most <laughs> days, guys. I'm here. I'm here all the time. Just go there. I'm here. Are you a social media guy? Like, do you, like, are you I, trying to I social media? I am social media-ish. Okay. I'm on social media. Do you know your handle? Yeah, just Forrest Griffin Twitter, Forrest Griffin Instagram. Okay. And Easy. Forrest Griffin Facebook because right. I'm old. So now I still have Facebook. Do you have your MySpace still? Oh, I don't. But oh. man, MySpace. Oh, I was prime MySpace. Mm. I was prime. How old are you? Uh, 38. Oh yeah. Yesterday. yeah. I'm 46. So oh, geez, you are old. happy belated birthday. I know. Thanks. Right. I yeah. know. So MySpace was my bread and butter, baby. I was yeah. like, man. Yeah, like and then I was like, why is Facebook better? I still don't understand. <laughs> I still I'm don't still, know. I'm still like, I don't know. Yeah. I miss Seems the, uh, the same the to top me. eight in the MySpace. I know, like, man. I miss picking the politics. songs. Mm, yeah. I was pissing the song, picking the songs. Those are, those are good times, yeah. man. Well, it's been fun. Thank yeah. you. No, thank and, you. uh, appreciate you. All right. Fortunately, you have very long arms. That's good. Uh, we do have long arms. We're awkwardly tall. Yeah. Thank you. No, you're awkwardly tall. I'm yeah, just you're tall. You're handsome tall. I'm tall. You're just awkwardly there's, tall. There's, there's awkward short, short, uh, normal, handsome tall, awkward tall. Okay. Awkward tall, handsome tall. There we go. All right. And that is the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of A Better Life with Brandon Turner. I hope you enjoyed the insights and the wisdom uh, brought to you today on the show. If you found value in this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. 
Uh, your feedback actually does help us improve the show. We look at the feedback, I look at the feedback, and we can reach more people with our message of living a better life. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow me on social, Beardy Brandon. And hey, before I go, this show is all about the habits, actions, and beliefs that can give you a better life. But in case you're interested and you want to know my opinion on what it takes to live the best life ever, and that includes some of my kind of weird spiritual beliefs maybe, check out abetterlife.com slash bestlife, abetterlife.com slash bestlife. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next time on A Better Life with Brandon Turner.